You are tuned into My Scars Ministry Bible Studies with Pastor Monica K. Harris of My Scars Ministry. Bible studies are held every second and fourth Tuesday of the month. You can find her on Facebook under My Scars Ministry. You can follow My Scars Ministry on Twitter at My Scars Ministry. And the website is www.myscarsministry.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, My Scars Ministry Bible Studies with Pastor Monica.
tonight. <clears throat> and I want to tell you ahead of time <laughs> that my my lights and my power has been flickering on and off. And um, I have my cell phone charging right now, and I have a candle lit. So if I happen to lose you all, I'm determined to get this message out tonight. And I will come back by candlelight and by my cell phone to finish. So I want to, I want you all to know if you lose me what's happening, and I don't know why the lights are flickering because it's no storm, but it's about to be. Praise God. Tonight, this issue has been pressing my heart. It was pressing my heart to the extent so I prayed. I prayed on the way to work this morning. I prayed all last night. I prayed, and I was like, Father, how do you want me to deliver this message? What do you want me to say? Because truly, it's something that needs to be said. I I have over 4,000 friends on my Facebook page, and I watch people closely. I have friends, of course, in my personal life, my everyday walk that I watch closely. And within the last few months, I've seen some things that are happening in their lives. And it's causing a brokenness that I cannot explain. And if you are my Facebook friend, you saw the picture that I put up today for the Bible study. And it was the picture of a broken eggshell. And it says that the egg is not useful until it is broken. And if you've been my friend for quite some time, you will remember a while back I put up a post about Humpty Dumpty. And we all know that nursery rhyme, you know, Humpty Dumpty sat on the wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horsemen and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty together again. And that's what I'm seeing within the body of Christ. I'm seeing a brokenness. I'm seeing people that have fallen, people that are hurting. And so our reading tonight, and it's going to be for your own personal use, that you're going to go back and read when we're not on the Bible study. It's going to come from Psalms 31. And you're going to read the whole Psalms. But tonight, I'm going to talk to you. And it's not going to all be about, you know, specific Bible verses. Tonight, I'm always real, but tonight I want to get real and I want to get personal. Psalms 31 12 says, I am forgotten as a dead man out of mind. I am like a broken vessel. Later on in Psalms, in Psalms 147, we're talking about David here, and he says, He healeth the broken in heart and bindeth up our wounds. So in the beginning, we're going to talk about how we're broken vessels and how we feel hopeless and we feel like a dead person that's totally out of your mind. But in the end, we're going to talk about how he heals the broken in heart 
and binds up their wounds. And again, as I said, this week I've watched with great sadness my brothers and my sisters who have gone through things in their lives and their lives have been shattered. Either it's been by uh, the death, you know, the loss of a loved one, or it's been by the loss of a relationship, or their children have gone astray. Uh, the church family has hurt them. And, and they're broken, and they find themselves in a rut. They're brokenhearted. Broken-hearted people who feel as though they have lost everything and they're hoping for it all to be miraculously restored. Now, back to the new rhyme, we said, you know, all the king's horses. Now, when I refer to the king's horses, I want to talk about all the drugs and all the alcohol and all the partying. And all the king's men and women and friends have not been able to put their lives back together again. And as much as I would like to help each and every one of these people and everybody else in my midst today, everybody that's on the line, that's going to call in, that's going to listen in, everybody that's hurting, I would love to do what I can to help them, but I can't rebuild broken people. But tonight I came to tell you that our God is capable of rebuilding broken people. In fact, that's one of his specialties. And I believe that if God had a slogan, it might read, I can't fix it until it's broken. So tonight I want us to have an understanding that brokenness does not have to be the end. But I want us to leave this line tonight with an understanding of how to get from brokenness to a blessing. And the first thing that we have to do is realize reality of brokenness. And throughout scriptures, but especially in the Psalms, we meet plenty of people who were broken. Psalms 31, 12, he says, I am forgotten as a dead man out of mind. I am like a broken vessel. So generally speaking, when something is broken, it's useless. You know, it's useless to us and it, unless it can be repaired. And some things that we break can't be repaired. So perhaps you're like me and you know what it's like to have multiple broken bones at one time. You you know what it's like to have broken legs and broken ribs and broken arms and hands all at the same time. When a person is financially drained so that he has absolutely nothing, we say that person is broke. When a person's love life and their hopes have been destroyed, that person is in heart broken. When a person hits rock bottom, he is broken. 
under God's chastisement, David said in Psalm 38, 8, I am feeble and sore broken. I have roared by reason of the disquietness of my heart. You see, when a person is broken, he is almost useless unless he gets repaired. And when things are broken in our lives, we're in trouble. First, there's an outward problem. And that outward problem causes some people to become bitter and angry, and it hurts their relationships. Proverbs 25 and 28 says, He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. People take out their bitterness over what happened on people around them. They develop a short fuse and they say things that they don't really mean and they lose control of their emotions very easily. Now it's time to get real. Many times when people have been hurt, they begin to use other resources to exhibit that hurt. Tonight I want to tell you as women and men of God and standard, Facebook and social media is not a place to air everything that's going on in your life. We've all been hurt and hurt to the core. But when your husband hurts you or when your wife hurts you, you are not to get onto Facebook. Putting them on blast. Because when you do that, and that's what the enemy wants you to do, when you do that, yes, you're hurting that person, and you know the saying, hurt people, hurt people, hurt people. And when you do that, it becomes a wrestling match. But, oh, my God, what you've created is what the enemy wanted. It's discord. It's strife. And the people that have been watching your life and your walk as a follower of Christ see you acting and behaving in this manner, much like the world. We are not to handle our problems as the world handles theirs. So at this point, you're risking your credibility. You're risking your faith walk. You're risking your relationships because people are no longer taking you seriously. They're saying, you know, if, if that's what being a Christian or a follower of Christ is all about, is that they're going to act worse than the people out here in the world. I'm not trying to go over to that. I get enough of that in the world. We are set apart. And so that our behaviors cannot mimic the behaviors of everyone in the world. And, and, and it happens because David's broken heart even caused him to say some very harsh things. In Psalm 31, 6, he says, I have hated them 
that regard lying vanities. In verse 17, he said, let the wicked be ashamed and let them be silent in the grave. So to me, what David was saying is let them die. That's harsh. In verse 18, he cried out, let the lying lips be put to silence, which speak grievous things proudly and contemptuously against the righteous. Hmm. Hurtful, harmful things. Then there's an inward problem. The inward problem causes some people to to become discouraged and disillusioned and depressed. The Bible tells us that a merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of the heart the spirit is broken. And these people that are broken and hurting and sitting back and taking it all inwardly begin to contemplate different things, some of them even suicide. They become broken, and they don't know where to turn. And then some start to blame God for what has happened, and they either drop out of church or they quit serving like they used to because they're blaming God. But God is not a cruel God, and he allows things to happen for a reason. There is always a purpose in the pain we experience here on this earth. And if I had not gone through that pain, I could not be here to tell you that tonight. But what I want to also tell you is some of that pain and brokenness that we go through is self-inflicted. You know, many people always quote Romans 8.28, and we know all things work together for good to them that love God, and then they stop. (laughs) But there's more to that. Let's read it all. It says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that who are called according to his purpose. All right. So again, some of that pain that I told you that we go through that's self-inflicted, it's self-inflicted because we weren't following his purpose. Hmm. We were following our own. We were following our own flesh, our own ego. Let's be real. We've all been there. I've been there. If you won't say you will, I'll tell you I have. I've been there in my past marriage. And you see, you pray. <laughs> you pray to God. And you, before I even got married, I said, Lord, <laughs> if this is not the man for me, please give me a sign. Oh, he gave me a big one. But guess what? I got the sign, and then I started making excuses. Well, you know, we've already sent out the wedding invitations, and he really is a good guy. Well, I can forgive him, you know, because he's a good person. All of my family's already made their arrangements. They're coming. Yeah, I'm going to go on and get married. Yeah, he he's good. God knows he's good. God knows his heart. You know, I've heard people make excuses. Well, God put this person in my life so that he can teach me 
patience. He could teach me understanding. He could teach me how to love the right way. Let me tell you all something tonight. When God places an individual in your life to be your soulmate, whether it be male or female, there will be no confusion. There is no confusion in what God ordains. Because the last time I checked, the devil was the author of confusion, but my God was the Prince of Peace. Now listen, since when, and we all have to think here, you know, we have to think. Since when is God going to place an individual in your life to teach you the characteristics of him? Let me ask you that again. When is God going to place an individual in your life to teach you the characteristics of him. He's not. Because if God needs you to be patient and he needs you to learn to love someone and people a certain way and he needs to teach you something, he is going to teach you that himself. And if he's not going to teach you that himself, he's going to send a person into your life that is going to come into your life with love, with knowledge, and understanding. He's not going to send chaos into your life to teach you patience and love and understanding. So we have to stop making excuses. And my and, and I will always tell people it's called the slow factor. If you've listened to me previously, it's seek God about any given situation. Listen to him. And not only listen to him, but you have to obey him. You have to do all three of those things to get the true revelation. So we have to stop making excuses. And so, again, some of that pain that we go through, some of that brokenness that we go through is self-inflicted. But even though it's self-inflicted, there are some trials and tribulations that we will go through. Corinthians tells us that for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. So we'll go through some afflictions, we'll go through some brokenness, but all of it that we go through is not what God wanted us to go through initially, but we caused it ourselves. God wants the best for us, and he wants to do something great in and with and through each and every one of our lives. Through my brokenness and through my disobedience, I am where I am today, which is teaching you on these Bible studies, which is having the My Scars ministry. But all that came from my brokenness, and my brokenness 
came from my disobedience. And it's disobedience any way you look at it. You know, I prayed. I asked him for a sign. He gave it to me. He told me no. And I said, oh, I'm going to do it anyway. We've all been there. We've all done that. So before you can bless, you must bleed. And before you can help, you must hurt. So, again, I I did my hurt. I went through my, my grief. I went through my depression. And here I am with you now so that I can help you and try to help you not go through what I went through that was my own fault. So if we're ever going to be made into wine, we have to be crushed. You know, if you if you want to drink wine, of course we know they come from grapes. And grapes can only become wine once they have been squeezed and crushed. You can't drink grapes, but you can drink the wine, which is the good stuff after it's gone through the process. So there's a clear pattern in the Bible that teaches us that brokenness precedes greatness. And I'm going to give you some examples. But before Abraham became the father of many nations, he and Sarah were childless. Before Jacob could be blessed, he was wounded by an angel in a wrestling match. Before Joseph ruled Egypt, he was thrown into a pit, sold into slavery, and falsely imprisoned. Before Job's estate was doubled, he lost everything he had, including his family, his fortune, and his future. Before Moses became the great deliverer, he lost his position, his possessions, and his popularity. Before Joshua conquered the promised land, he went through the wilderness. Before Samson crushed the Philistines, he was blinded. He was binded and he was grinded. And before David became king, his family renounced him. His enemies laughed at him, and he was rejected by his friends. Before Daniel became mighty, he had to spend the night in the lion's den. And before Hosea became a powerful representative for God, his wife betrayed him, and she returned to prostitution. Before Peter preached 3,000 souls into the kingdom. He denied his Savior three times and went out and wept. And before Paul brought the gospel to the Gentiles, he was blinded on the Damascus Road. So sometimes God sees that our life is a mess and he breaks us so he can Remake us. Jeremiah 18 and 4 says, And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again, another vessel, as seemed good to the potter to make it. The potter is able to mend the broken vessels and use it for his own purposes and pleasure. And the most important question that you can ask yourself today is do you have a relationship with God?
You have to have a relationship with God. And after you have a relationship with him, you must have a reliance upon him. You must rely upon him to help you get through this brokenness. And then you must come to the fact that you realize that God cares for you and that he loves you. And you must realize that he is in control, that no matter what you are going through, he is not blind to it. He sees it all. And then you have to have faith, and you have to know that God can deliver you from whatever brokenness you're going through at this time. And after that, you must rest. And when I say rest, Yeah, you must be still, and you must rest in his presence. So again, Humpty Dumpty sat on the wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horsemen and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty together again. But God can. God is able to mend your broken heart, your broken home, your broken hopes, your broken faith, your broken health, and your broken happiness. I am glad that our Father specializes in healing broken things. Remember in Psalms at the beginning I said, He healeth the broken in heart, and He bindeth up their wounds. The word broken is almost always used in a negative manner or considered to be negative. However, if you stop and think about it, the word break can be positive. An example of that is when something good happens to a person. A lot of times you'll hear people say, oh, that was his or her big break. So to be broken in heart, health, hope, faith, or happiness could be your your big break. If God gives you his attention when your spirit is broken, he does that more so at that time than when your spirit is proud. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. O God, thou wilt not despise. The greatest men and women in the Bible were broken, but God used them. If you're broken, maybe it's because God wants to use you. So don't give up because God specializes in broken things. Remember I told you in Jeremiah 18 and 4, and the vessel that he made of clay was marred. That means it was broken, it was, it was faulty, it was not right in the hand of the potter. And so he made it again, another vessel, and it seemed good to the potter to make. And you may be wondering when and if your life will ever get back to normal. You may be here and you may be broken. But God 
can fix whatever is broken in your life. He can fix the broken pieces and mold you and make things better than they ever were before. And although not one bone of our Savior was broken, when he was crucified and he bore our sins in his body, the Bible describes his body as being broken. In 1 Corinthians eleven twenty four, it says, And when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Our Lord was broken, but through his brokenness, the greatest blessing of all came about. And that was salvation, the gift of salvation that was made available for you and me and everyone that lives. He went from brokenness to blessing. And that's where he wants to take you. And so, in summing up the message tonight, I know that a lot of you are hurting. You're going through some things, you know. And a lot of you are hurting unneedlessly. And I say that because I don't know how many of you are on social media. And I've I've noticed that there's an influx. People are searching and they're looking. And when I say people, I don't mean the world. Which is sad because we know they're searching. But us, believers, the body of Christ, we are searching and looking and want to be accepted. We're looking for that love as well. Either we're, look, we're looking for it in a man or a woman. And I came to tell you tonight that when we start to look for something so much and forget who, should, who we should be seeking first is an opportunity for the enemy to infiltrate our minds. And once he infiltrates our minds, he sets us up with those counterfeits. And that old saying that love is blind is so true. Because you know, most people say love is blind and they take it out of context. But I'm going to tell you what love is blind really means tonight. When you're seeking that love and you're not seeking to get that love from, the, from, from God first and you're seeking to get it from an individual, then when he infiltrates the mind, love does become blind. And it becomes blind to the truth. And that's when we begin to make excuses. 
We see all of these little things that we know are red flags, that we know are wrong, that we know aren't right. Yet we're blind. And we begin to accept it. Because somehow, deep inside, if we think that God placed that person in our life so that we can become a better person, guess what? What we're really saying is, oh, we can change this person. When that person is who they are. We can't change them. Only God can. And I truly believe that when we seek God and we seek God first, like he asked us to do, and if he so graciously wants to bless us with a husband or bless us with a wife, then he's going to give us something that is kingdom-purposed. He's not going to give us something that we need to fix. It's going to already be fixed when we get it. It's going to be complete when we get it. It's not going to be up to us to try to put the pieces together. He's not going to give us a piece of a man or a piece of a woman and then want us to put the rest of the pieces in there. No. God doesn't operate like that. He's going to give us the whole kit and caboodle because you see what he puts together is ordained and it has a kingdom purpose and not a you or me purpose. See, we see with the flesh. We see with the eyes. We see what looks good to sight. He sees what looks good and is good for the kingdom. He knows who he needs to have together to walk in the kingdom purpose, to fulfill his will for both of our lives. So in ending tonight, I want us all to be vigilant. I want us all to be aware. I want us all to be extremely careful on those social networking sites. Everyone on those sites, are not what they pretend to be. If you don't personally know that person, if you are not in the same city or same town with that person and you're not around that person, you don't really know who they are. So you have to be careful when you begin to develop not only friendships, but those intimate Friendships where you begin to start looking at husband and wife material. You have to be careful. If you ever notice in all of the um, um, vampire movies or the movies when they're using evil to seduce one another, the man is always handsome or the woman is always beautiful. The enemy always appeals to the eye. Remember that. It, it, it goes deeper than that. Like I just said, if we're in it for God, it's not eye candy. It's kingdom candy, okay? Now, you know, I know that he's going to give you and me what we need. He'll so graciously give us what we desire. He will line two people up that he needs to be together, that he knows is going to work together. You know, and I don't, God is not a, God's not a mean God. He's not a vicious God. There's somebody for everybody, and everybody has different tastes. And he knows that too. But it goes, like I said, deeper than what meets the eye. Because marriage is something that he designed. He designed. He said, be fruitful and multiply. Okay, you say, well, I'm over 40, I'm over 50, I'm not multiplying anymore. Yes, you are. You may not be having 
physical children, but if you're in ministry, you're multiplying. You're multiplying. And then you have to be careful again what you're putting out there because you reap what you sow. The seeds that you sow produce the fruit that you will get later. One apple seed can produce millions of apples. How, you say? You plant the apple seed, you get an apple tree. On that apple tree, you get thousands and thousands and thousands of apples. And in each of those apples are additional seeds that can be planted and so on and so forth. So whether you're planting good or whether you're planting bad, you must be careful. Don't plant out of anger. Don't plant out of hurt. You know, if you're hurt, step away. Go to your private place. Go to your quiet place. Cry if you must. Cry out to God. Call some friends. Call some saints. Call somebody you trust. Call them. Don't do it on Facebook. Be careful. That's the message tonight. Be careful. Everybody isn't what they appear to be. So that's the end of the message tonight. And um, you can go ahead and hit star six and unmute your phone. If you have any questions or comments, um, you're free to um, respond at this time. God bless you all. Hello? Hello? Are you still married? No, ma'am, I'm not married. Oh, I mean, I thought I could relate to what you're saying. I was looking for a husband, too, and I, I wanted to put that in front of God all the time. I'm sorry? I said I was looking for a husband too. That's what I'm. That's what I'm battling now, because that's what I'm feeling. That I need a husband. Okay, but you were all just lying for a reason tonight. You know, we all, you know, if, you know, if we're single, I think, and we're serving God, we get lonely, and we we yeah. desire a companion. We desire love. We we want someone to need us. We want to need someone. We want someone to. You know, just love on us and 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 give us what we need and desire. Yeah. But it's during that desire, you know, that we have to be careful. Mm-hmm. And um, as I explained in the Bible study, and I don't know if you're my friend on Facebook or how. No, I'm not friend on Facebook. Okay, then. I don't go on Facebook. <laughs> okay, how did you hear about? I don't the, use social media. Ah, good. How did you hear about the Bible study tonight? Meet up. Who? Meet up. Okay. Okay. Well, m- my story, and I'll make it real brief for you. I, I, I desired to be married here, and I'll tell you my story. Met, met this guy. Um, when I met him, didn't I? Didn't like him. I didn't feel him in my soul. But he was tall. He was handsome. He was good looking. You know, I. Um, Talked to him for a couple weeks. He said something I didn't like. I deleted his number out of my telephone. He constantly called me. He constantly called me. He wooed me over. At that time, my grandmother was ill. We went to see my grandmother. My grandmother passed away. He was there. You know, he he helped me. And he he was my shoulder to cry on. And he changed from the person that I didn't like. He changed into this person that everybody 
that met him loved him. They loved him. We went through some things in our marriage that I kept quiet about because I don't air muslims to everyone. But I prayed before I got married, and I said, Lord, if he's not for me, give me a sign. And that's what I told you. He did. But I disobeyed because I said, he's a good guy. Oh, I can forgive him. We already sent out the wedding invitations. Family's already coming. And I married him anyway. And when I did, (laughs) that's when all hell broke out. So in that marriage, six months later, I had a near-fatal car accident. I was in the hospital for uh, two months in Grady Hospital, which is a trauma unit. I was bedridden. I couldn't. I couldn't feed myself, I couldn't, I couldn't bathe myself, I could do nothing for myself. Yeah. During this time, he still pretended, and he was there, but we argued constantly. I can't move, but he's in a hospital room arguing with me. When I get out of there, I have to go to rehab because I have to learn to feed myself. I have to learn to do everything all over again. Stay yeah. in rehab for a month. Five days after I get out of the hospital, he ups and leaves me. Wow. I, at at the point where I can do nothing for myself. But I tell people, and it was during those times, during those three months or all that I was in the hospital and rehab, that I laid there, and I knew, and God knew. And so God knew I was moving. I was moving straight forward. And so in order for God to stop me, he had to put me down in that bed because that accident should have killed me, but it didn't kill me. And what the yeah. doctor said that I would never do again, I'm doing now. They said I'd never move my arm again. I'd never be able to, you know, to, to move my left hand again. My right arm, if I did move it, was if he was going to take me over a year. I was back to work in six months. Wow, that is good. You know, so but that was all from my disobedience. But through my disobedience and my brokenness was when God did a total makeover on me. And not only did he do surgery on my physical scars, but he did surgery on my emotional and my spiritual scars as well. And I came transformed into the person that I am today. And therefore, thus is where my scars meaning my physical scars, because I have them, mm-hmm. was originated. And that's why I'm here on this line with you tonight. Yeah. So when you pray for your husband and you're seeking God and you listen to him, you have to obey him. Those are the things. So don't get so caught up in, you know, wanting a husband and seeking for a husband that you forget to seek God first. And when you seek him, listen to him and obey him, because they're going to mm-hmm. come. They're going to come, and you have to be prayed up enough and have enough discernment to know who God has placed into your life and not ignore the red flags that he will show you, not in ignore that gut instinct that we call it, not, do not ignore it. I don't care how much money he makes. I don't care what kind of car he drives, what kind of house he has. I don't care what his bank account looks like. I don't care how handsome he is. If God says no, then you better believe it's no and it's for your own good. Yeah. I don't know if God says no. I met somebody but he said you want to get married to me in a year. I don't know if God says no or yes. 
then you need to seek God and you need to pray, you need to fast. And when he talks, you need to listen and not only listen, you need to obey. Yeah. Amen. 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 Anyone else with any questions or comments regarding the Bible study tonight? No. <laughs> I know there are a lot of you on here. That are you in shock? <laughs> are you soaking it all in? I want. I want to hear some feedback because this is so important. Because I, I want to help us, not just you, me too. I want to help us. You know, through brokenness. You know, we've all been broken. Some of us are there right now, and some of us, because we're broken, we make bad decisions. And we do things out of character, and it's important. And it's really happening more and more during this age because the enemy knows what we want. He knows what we're seeking. You know what I mean? And he's throwing in all these counterfeits, and he's throwing in all these, as, as they call them, um, sheep, I mean, these sheep and wolves in sheep's clothing. You know, he's throwing them out there. And we're falling prey. And I'm tired of seeing my sisters and brothers crying. I'm tired of seeing their hearts broken. I'm tired of seeing the the, the discord. I'm I'm tired of seeing I'm tired of seeing the fighting. I'm tired of seeing hurt spirits. And I'm tired of it damaging the reputation of the body of of Christ. I'm tired of it. So we have to do something about it. Yes, Lady Monica. Hello. I had a question regarding the study. Uh-huh. Um, I, I, when you was explaining the part about your when you went and you prayed and you asked God to show you if this is what you are to do, and you saw God answered your prayer, and He told He basically guided you to say, "No, this is not the man that I have for you," and you still went ahead and did what you did. I. I, something similar to that happened to me with my husband, who I am still married to. Um, he he was he's an ordained deacon and has been in the church most of his life. But when I met him, I I had this real sick feeling in my spirit and in my gut that he just was not uh, the right person, the right fit, the right match. And it just seems like the more I ran and the more I tried to get away from this person, the more he, the more assertive and the more uh, he pursued me and he kept coming and he kept coming and he kept coming to a point where I just gave in. Mm-hmm. And six months after the marriage, I began to see another whole different person than what I saw in the church. And then he left the church and then he became very uh, abusive, uh, domestic violence, um, control, uh, manipulating, and I, I can just go on and, you know, and just one re- police report after another. And um, just last, he took his arms and his hands and he asphyxiated me around my neck where I couldn't really get, I couldn't breathe. And that's when they arrested him. And the Lord removed him from the house. Now, I'm in the house and he cannot come on the property uh, for a one-year order of protection, but I'm, I, I just have I struggle with this because I 
you know, people say they love the Lord and they have the love of the Lord in their heart and they want to serve God. They want to, you know, build the kingdom. They want to reach out to others. And I thought that this person here that I married, I, I, that the attraction was that he was a man of God and that he loved the Lord. But after I married, I began to see the inner man of who he really was. And I, it's very, very hard right now. And it's very, very tough right now because I'm still trying to absorb a lot of what's going on. And it's not easy right now. Amen. Um, and you said you had a question? Yes. My question is, how can you, you know, how can you, how can you cipher through to see what you, to, 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 to make, you know, I, I don't know if it's the word better choices or, you know, how do how do you how do you how do you see your way through that pathway to not, you know, make the same decisions or the same mistakes again all over again? Because I didn't I didn't see any of this coming at first, and then after six months, it all kind of like you know hit me like a like a tornado, and I, I'm still trying to you know you know go through all these the different parts to see you know. What could I have done to avoid all of this? Or how do you know when a person tells you or shows you in so many ways that their heart is with God? And if you are ordained and if you're in the ministry as an ordained, you know, leader or an ordained, you know, if God touched you and touched your life to ordain you to, to represent him, how can you tell the the, the sheep, and and the and the and the wolf is she clothing? How can you tell? Okay. Um, obviously, I, I I couldn't. I didn't. I I felt certain things, but and I couldn't. I really couldn't confirm it because I I just saw that that he he was in love with God, and that's what drew me to him. Mm-hmm. And then and then the things that I started seeing on and off, but they were more off than on until after. You know, we 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 join together as husband and wife. Well, um, that's a very very good question, and one thing that I want everybody online to understand that just because a person is in church, they can be the pastor, they can be a deacon, they can be you know in in charge of praise ministry. They can be in church every time the door is open. They can recite the Bible forward, backwards, sideways, up and down. We have to always remember that the devil was once an angel and that he knows the word (laughs) better than any of us. He was God's right-hand man. He had access to him when no one else did. And so when he was thrown from heaven, you know, He, and again, he was one of the most beautiful angels there, was the only one with that access. So when he was thrown out of heaven and those privileges revoked, and he knew that he was was doomed, he was damned to hell, and there's no turning back for him, his goal is to take any and everybody with him that he can. And so just because a person is in church doesn't mean 
that they are of God. So that's why we have to pray for discernment. We have to pray for wisdom, and we have to be really careful. And I feel you, everything that you were talking about, because I went through the same thing. I didn't go through the abuse to that extent, but I went through the same thing. This was a this was a godly man. You know, this was a man of standard, a man that, you know, um, had morals and values and was raised right and, you know, t- talked about church and this, that, and the other. And all these signs that I was getting beforehand, I ignored. And I'm sure that you saw something beforehand that you ignored. You felt something the, the the holy spirit was leading you and guiding you and telling you this is not the person and that's what we have to learn to fight we have to learn to kill the flesh we have to learn to kill our thoughts because when that thought comes to mind that something's not right that's that's the holy spirit letting us know so then you have to be patient you have to watch you have to be vigilant and you have to you have to be on guard you have to watch when when a soldier is standing guard and he's protecting something he's watching he's watching the roof for snipers he's watching every angle and every corner that the enemy can infiltrate and that's what we have to do and we can't ignore them and when i told you i prayed God doesn't have to give us a sign. When when we pray, Lord, give us a sign, he doesn't have to give us a sign. But he so graciously does that, even on top of us having the Holy Spirit. He does that. And and I think sometimes we're so intrigued with the person that we think they are, we want them to be, that we begin to ignore all of those signs. But I tell now... You want to know, you said you want to know how not to go through it again. Honey, now if I start seeing someone and I start to see some of those similar signs and I start to notice and I know that some of the things that they're doing may not be of God, this is not of God, this is not what God wants from me, I'm not going to stay there and try to change that person or make excuses. I'm gone. Okay. Um, you know, we have to know that God wants his best for us, and we have to rec- begin to recognize who and whose we are, and we have to learn to listen to his voice. What we're hearing, you know, we're not schizophrenic. We're not just hearing voices. He's, he's telling us, and, and, and people always say, woman's instinct or your gut instinct, that's the Holy Spirit telling you, warning you. So we have to pay attention. So we we have to be patient and not in a rush for anything. We have to look. We really do. You have to watch a person. You know, if you meet somebody, they talk about love at first sight, but I I don't believe in in rushing, rushing. You know, I think that a a, a saints, as we call it, we want to, you know, we meet somebody and we want to say, okay, well, we're going to get married, you know, next week or next month, and we've dated a week. You don't know anybody in that amount of time. That's not enough time for you to know a person and 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 pray, you know, and ask God to lead you and guide you. I believe that it's, it's 
it's going to take a little patience. And a lot of times, you know, we we think, okay, well, we need to get married. And a lot of times we want to hurry and get married because we're young. We're not old. And, and truth be told, we want to have sex. We still have feelings. We still have needs. So we figure in order to that we can have sex and not go to hell, we need to get married. Right? We need to get married, so we want to get in a rush to do it. But we have to kill all those fleshly desires. Yes, we're human, but you know what? If you pray and you stay seeking God and you're fasting and you stay in the Word, God will remove those desires for sex, that type of intimacy. He will remove that from you until he places the right person into your life. And then you'll get that back. It's not gone. It's just on hold. <laughs> I think a lot of us think it's going to go away. It's not going away. It'll come back. But you just can't be out there giving it up to, you know, all willy-nilly to anybody. You know, you got to wait. you got to yeah. study a person, and you got to really watch them because I'm telling you, they will, they will fool you. And it can go from the pulpit to the pew. It doesn't matter. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. That's the same experience I have, too. This guy, I met him, and he wanted to get married right away. And he's in church. Hmm. And he go to church every Sunday. He wanted to get married right away. He said, no, it's not weird. Let's get married in, like, six months. And do whatever you want to do. That, that's right. That's make you happy. Do whatever you want to do. Don't listen to what nobody else says. That's what he was telling me. Okay, sis, you need to pray. You need to seek God, and, and you really need to listen. And whatever whatever he's telling you, all I'm telling you tonight is when you're seeking him, you need to do it diligently. You need to listen when he's talking, and then obey. You have to obey. Yeah. So, you know, that that ultimate decision and choice is yours. Mm-hmm. But I'm giving you the steps. Yeah. I didn't know what happened like that. I, that's my first time hearing about stuff like that because I always wanted to get married. I don't want the same thing to happen to me. You get abusive after I just met him until we get married. I didn't know stuff like that happened. Really? Go to church. Really? That's my first time hearing about it. Nobody really told me about it. Wow. Hmm. Hmm. It's now real. I know. It happens more in church than you know about it. Some of it is kept mm-hmm. silent because, mm-hmm. see, when when and it could be male or female. It's silent because we don't want to damage the reputation of the person or people involved, and so we take that abuse and we keep silent because we don't want the world to know. Number one, mm-hmm. when when all when you're a victim to something, the first thing that you feel is ashamed. And you don't want the world to know. You don't want them to talk about you. And I can tell you that only until I could open up to say what had happened. I was, I was talking to my friend, and, and she, she didn't believe at first how he was until she witnessed it firsthand, until she witnessed him come in that house and leave me, and I looked like a mommy. And he came and, and with the police. You know, so... These type of things, you know, nobody knows about. And so 
you know, I, I was hush-hush, and she was like, why do you feel like that? I'm still making excuses. Oh, he's a good guy. He says, he said, she says, why don't you just tell it like it is? Mm-hmm. Stop making excuses and sugarcoating it because you didn't do anything wrong. So when she told me that and I opened up, that's when my healing started. When I began to talk about what had happened to me, what I had gone through, that is when my healing started because I released all that for me, you know, and and I had to give it to God. But then I learned that it's not for me to keep in because I need to talk about it because I need to help somebody else, somebody else that may be going through it, somebody else that may you know, be headed in that direction if I can save them from having to go through everything that I had to go through. That's what I need to do. Amen. So let's, you know, it, it, it's really my passion, and I'm hurting right now because I have someone close to me that that is going through this that, 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 that got involved with somebody that she really didn't know about and that, you know, she found out all of these things, uh, a horrible past, and 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 just if there were a man of God, a pastor, and she's hurting, and she's hurting, and and it's affecting her, and it's affecting her walk with God, and it's affecting the way people are looking at her, and because she's hurting, she's not thinking. I, you know. We just we just got to be careful. <laughs> we have to be careful. That's true. And, and again, in our brokenness, wherever we are, we know that God is able to fix it. So, sis, you know, um, Sister Lisa, God's yeah. able to fix it. There's something that God has in store for you. Maybe you're going to do a ministry for women who've been in abusive relationships with pastors or deacons or men of God. Maybe he's preparing you and prepping you. And you see that 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 everybody that has a strong anointing that that comes out and, and, and you feel the power and you feel that anointing, see, they've been through something. Yes. You know, and in order for them to get there, most people are like, oh, I want that anointing. I want. No, you don't, because you don't want to get through, go through what that person had to go through to get where they are. Preach Everybody it. has to go through their own battles. So you don't ever want to be like somebody else because you, you might not be able to handle what they went through, <laughs> you know. So God has you where you are for a reason, and just continue to pray, continue to fast, continue to seek him, and use what you're going through for his glory. There's a reason. I do every day. I do every day. And, and, and he, yes, and he will continue to protect you, and he will lead you. Even through everything that I went through, I knew I made the decision to be where I was. I didn't ask for a divorce. I got served. <laughs> you know, you heard that you've been served. I got served. Yeah. But it's okay. I got served. I didn't serve him. I got served. I did my part. You know, even through the abandonment, I still didn't do it. He did it. Wow. 
So there's nothing prayed, on my hand. I, I prayed, Lady Monica. I prayed and I, I prayed constantly. I prayed so much. And things got really, really bad at the end. And I started walking around, and I don't know if my mind was playing tricks with me or if this dark spirit that was in my home that was all on him, I don't know where where this was coming from, but I was praying so, so hard day in and day out in my sleep praying just for protection and safety and just some kind of clarity and guidance. And I started walking around, and I started having dreams, and I started actually having visions where I I would see him in a pool of blood and just bleeding, the life was leaving his body. I hated this man so bad, but I would pray and I would ask God to help me to not hate him and to just to feel sorry for him and to pray for him and to forgive him. Mm-hmm. But every time when I would go down in prayer, I would still get this vision in my mind of him laying in a pool of blood, and then I started getting very scared. And then I prayed and I said, God, please remove him from the house because... I'm afraid of what may happen. I wasn't even trusting myself after a certain point of, you know, being around him and having a desire to want to see him severely, severely injured. And I prayed and asked God, please take him away, take remove one of us from the house because if not, somebody's going to get badly, badly, badly hurt. And... <sighs> After those prayers, he he took him out. He 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 was in car. He he got locked up uh, mm-hmm. about two weeks ago, and I and I thank God for hearing my prayers because I know what what I was seeing. And I um I'm, I'm a registered nurse by profession. My mind is very clear. I work very hard every day to take care and help others. Mm-hmm. But I know what I was seeing every day. I was seeing this picture of him laying in a pool of blood. And it, it, like I said a minute ago, it was it was making me very afraid, very scared that I was going to do something, and then I would have been in a lot of trouble behind, you know, defending myself or to try to get rid of him or get him away from me by injuring him. So I, I'm grateful mm-hmm. to God that He did remove him out of the house, and now He's given me some time to, you know, get things together so I can prepare myself to. To move on, but um, Amen. I just wanted to share Amen. that part with you. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you, and and I know that you know you are you are healing, and that you are a very compassionate person because when you came on, he was the first person you asked for prayer for, and that's awesome. So you know that you have a heart of forgiveness and mm-hmm. compassion when you can pray for them, and. I told someone recently, I understand what the Bible means by praying for your enemies and praying for those who despitefully use you, you know, because I've had to pray for the man that left me as well. And um, I've had to face him since then. And when I can face him and talk to him about his soul, then I know that I'm truly healed, and I've had to do that because his mother has passed away recently. So I don't hate him. I have no animosity towards him. I pray for, you know, him constantly. I have forgiven him, um, and it's a difference in forgiving somebody and taking them back. <laughs> but, you know, I have forgiven him. We we talk cordially, and that's how it should be. Then when, when we realize, though, 
what we're fighting against is not the person themselves. I realized that I had a couple hits out for my life. Probably have one out for me now, especially after tonight. So please pray for me. <laughs> but um, when you realize that you're not fighting the person, per se, you know you're fighting those spirits, you're fighting the principalities, you know, the workers of evil and darkness, then you learn to fight spiritually. It's not a physical fight. It's a spiritual fight. And that's what we have to realize, that it's not the person we're fighting. It's not the person that we're really mad at. And that's what we have to think about when we get angry and we want to lash out and we want to retaliate. Those are spirits. And you can't fight spirits with guns and knives and fists and blows. You can't fight them physically. You have to fight them supernaturally in the spirit. So that's what we have to realize we're up against. Amen. So God bless you. God bless you too, Lady Monica. Thank you. Thank you. Woman of God. Yes, ma'am. This was awesome for tonight. Truly awesome. I know I was blessed, and I can tell everyone else on the line was truly, truly blessed. Um, I don't know if you read my post today. I lost a dear friend to cancer. Oh, no, I'm sorry. And he's like a brother to me, but he had called me about a month ago last month and told me that he wasn't going to make it. And, you know, sometimes we we don't want to accept something that is going to be, and it's extremely hard, extremely hard to accept it. But, you know, we got to keep going on. But, um... Tonight was a need. It was such a need. And, and I thank God for using you always to bless us with that awesome message. And um, for the ladies that were on tonight, I feel your hearts. And Sister Lisa, my dear, stay encouraged. Stay encouraged. Because God will not put anything on you that you cannot bear. That you cannot bear. You're going to, like Sis said, you're going to have an awesome ministry with women. God is just preparing you for the ultimate. And um, we like the saying of Moscars, we're here with wounds or heal. We're here to encourage and uplift each other, as always. And as we're on this line on tonight, I encourage you and I encourage the other sister as well. But Sister Lisa, I'm feeling you. I'm really, really feeling you through the spirit. And as Sister Mo- as Monica was speaking tonight to you, um, your heart. You have a loving, caring heart. You love deep, and for someone that is close to you that you love to hurt you, it scarred your heart. But see, God's here to mold that heart. God is molding you as we speak. I feel it. I know. God is molding you as we speak. And I know day by day, you get stronger and stronger. Because you're going to look back at that. That's your testimony. That's your stepping stone. That's your stepping stone, Just know that God is working miracles within you each and every moment. When you give it to him. Give him your thoughts. Give him everything. Oh, I've been through a lot, too, as well. 
but I just know I know what God has done in my life, and He's speaking to someone who got revived from that from death. So, mm, my sister, my words of encouragement for you to stay on your knees. Lady Monica would say the slow factor. The slow factor. Seek, listen, and obey. And that's my encouraging words to you. Seek God, listen to God, and obey. Clear your heart of all those other thoughts that you think that you were thinking before. And first of all, forgive. Forgive he's first yourself. He's allowed me to do that. I don't yes, have forgiveness in my heart. Yes, yeah, I feel you. I really do. I really do. And this was for you tonight. I believe it was. This is for a lot of us, but for you in particular and the other lady, this was really for you tonight as well. And I pray that God strengthens you, and I pray that God touches your husband as well, that he rebuilds him. Rebuilds him back into the man of God that God created him to be. Because if people go on, some of these deacons and ministers go on self and forget about the spirit. And we cannot focus on, we cannot go or minister on self because that's nothing. We're nothing without the spirit. This is thanks again for allowing God to use you and for being obedient as always. And I thank you because it's touched my heart tonight. Even though all of that I'm feeling right now, God is strengthening me to keep going on no matter what. No matter what. I love you all. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you too, sister. Amen. Thank you. God bless you, sister. And I will keep you and um, your friends, family in prayer. Um, yeah, pray and keep Kayla in prayer too. Okay, I sure will. God bless you. Anyone else? Any comments or questions? Um, I'm Deidre. I kind of came in kind of late, um, so I didn't necessarily hear the entire um, thing, but I did catch part of what you were saying um, in terms of your experience as well as Lisa's experience. And um, I guess, in a sense, like, you know, I guess what I'm trying to say is this is a brand new journey for me in a in a sense. Um, I've been seeking a relationship with God since I was probably 11, 12 years old, um, but I've for some reason, I always felt that I didn't do it right or I'm not something, not something wasn't right, but I'm not doing it right in a sense, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I do pray. I have a, I just have a, I had a daughter about um, a couple months ago. She's only 18 months. And I don't want her to grow up and have to find him on her own. So my question is, how can I, while I'm still learning, try to incorporate him into her life as well? 
Okay. Um, First of all, you need to um, get involved with um, a, I don't, when I I say a church, I don't want to just say church lightly anymore. I want I want you to get involved with a church that believes, um, that is you know preaching that uh, Jesus <laughs> is our Savior. He died for our sins, and that He um, is our our gateway to salvation. He's He's what we need in order to get um, to God to salvation. That He died for our sins on that cross, bloodshed. Um, truth. Um, you need to get get your Bible, and um, if you don't, a lot of people don't understand the Bible. They say, "Oh, when I'm new, well, I'm, I'm, well, I'm and I don't understand it." There is a, a a Bible called the Names of God Bible by Ann Spangler, and it's um, it's like a, a Hebrew Jewish Bible, but it's awesome because it breaks. Breaks it down for you and tells you in layman's terms what you're reading. So you know you can always have Bibles and cross references to go back and reference and study for yourself. And so you make sure that you stay grounded in the Word. You seek God. You pray. You fast. And don't let the enemy tell you you're not doing it right. That's a trick. You know what I mean? If you have have accepted Jesus in your life and you know he died for your, your sins, you're trying to follow God, you're obedient, you're obedient to the word to the best, you know, of your knowledge, you continue. It's a faith walk for all of us. None of us have made it. We don't make it until we actually get to heaven. So on this journey, we're all walking. Some of us are a little further ahead than others. Some of us are behind. But we're all on the same journey. And so if you ever need help, then you reach out to someone um, that you can trust. You know, I don't know, um, I don't know how you heard about the Bible study, um, but I don't know if you're my friend on my scars or on no, Facebook. No, actually it was um, kind of, I want to say suggested, the group was suggested to me. And okay. it's interesting because none of the other, I'm a part of like mostly like parent groups like that um, for outings for children because, uh-huh. you know, my daughter's the only child and I want her to interact with other kids. And uh-huh. it was suggested to me <laughs> out of, it was suggested to me out of that. And when I saw it and I read it and I was looking through the events, I decided to join it and I saw the um, the Bible study. Oh, I, wow. I so that was just tonight. No, no, no. Actually, it was like maybe like two days ago. Oh, um, okay. I saw it and I saw the Bible study, so I said, you know what, I'm going to do the Bible study because in the morning I'm at work and at night it's a little bit difficult sometimes because I'm trying to put my daughter to sleep and that's actually what happened because that's why I was late because I was trying to put her to sleep first before I came on and I got the time confused. I thought it started at 10. That's okay. Um, it, it is recorded, so there is a playback. If you um, ask to join the group, your name's Deidre? Mm-hmm. Okay, if you ask to join the group, I'll put you in there. Um, I'll also put the information up where you can download. The, the Bible studies right now um, are only available for a month at a time. 
but you can download them to your computer or to a flash drive, and you'll have them always. Um, I'm planning to um, interact with an, another ministry to go back to Blog Talk, while, where it's always archived, and you can always go back and listen to it. But before I close the Bible study tonight, I'll give you the playback number, and you can go back and listen to it in its entirety. It will have that information in it as well. But you want to make sure that, you know, you you get in um, with someone that's teaching truth, Bible-based, you know, and that, um, again, you are studying for yourself. And if you're in church and they have children's ministry, you know, get her get her involved in things like that where they – I know they have children's ministry where they start them as early as your your daughter's age. And then, you know, you read her Bible stories at, at night. She's young. And I remember being really, really young with my grandmother, you know, our, our ritual every night was kneeling down to pray, and we would do it right at the couch. So I can remember that. I can remember her teaching me the Lord's prayers. And so these are things that you know they they the Bible tells you if you teach them when they're young, you know when they're when they're old they won't depart from it. You know they may go their own way for a while, but they'll come back to the foundation which you have laid for them. So I think that's awesome. Don't listen to again to the lies of the enemy telling telling you, oh, it's a certain way you have to do something. It's a certain way you have to pray. You know, praying is just communicating with God. And then as you grow, you'll grow in maturity and spiritually. And then the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you of things that you should do, you shouldn't do, how to do. And it's all a learning process. And it's step by step. So just like a baby. Is on a bottle in the beginning, and they have to graduate to to uh, finger foods and then to their solid foods. It's the same way in the walk with Christ, and it's the same way in, in in your faith walk. So you know, don't give up. You know, if you fall, then you dust yourself off and you get back up and you start right back over again. Don't let the enemy tell you because you did this or that you're not worthy. Because you did this, you failed God. You know, you you're not worthy. Don't ever listen to that. You're always worthy. So no matter what happens, just get back up, dust yourself off, and and pick right back up where you were, okay? Okay. So make sure you ask to join the group, and then I'll friend you. And whenever I have Bible studies, and I'll suggest some other Bible studies for you that you can listen to. And um, God bless you. I did join the group already. I joined it first before. Did I, did I, I accept you? <laughs> Did I ask to be your friend, or did no. you join the page? Are you on the page or group? I'm in the meetup group, I believe. Just I don't have a meetup group, sweetie. Oh, My wait, Scars Ministry, me. My Scars Group. That's the name of it. No, I don't have. I don't. I don't have. I'm not on that. I'm not on oh. that. It was a. Um, it's a group, Divas for the Lord, that I joined, and then this was a part of it. Oh well, I'm I'm not a part of that, but you know, thank God because God directed you here for a reason tonight. Because I'm my own, I'm not a part of any other groups. My scar is not a part of any other groups. So I don't know how you got here, but God bless you. I'm glad you're here. I'm I'm, I'm I'll tell you now. It's my scars is the name of the group. My scars ministry is the Facebook page. So I also have a website. It's www.myscarsministry.weebly.com. So um, you were directed here for a reason and a purpose tonight. 
So, yeah, go on to My Scars, the group, and ask to be added, and I'll add you, and we'll go from there. And I'll walk with you. If you ever need me, I'm available. You can inbox me. I'll give you my emails, you know, my telephone number. You, If you need me for anything, I'm there. Okay? It's Lady Monica. I'm actually trying to look for it now. And I... <laughs> Lady Monica, can you repeat the web address again? www my scars. Uh, it's www dot my scars ministry dot weebly, and that's w e e b l y dot com. W e e b l e y. No, w e e b l y dot com. Thank you so much. You're welcome. My W W My Scars what? My Scars Ministry. Oh, Ministry. Uh huh. Weebly dot com. Dot Weebly. Uh huh. Dot Weebly. W E E B L Y. Dot mm-hmm. com. Okay, I got it. My Scars. And your picture and everything is on there. Yes, ma'am. You want to see how ugly I am? (laughs) Stop it. (laughs) (laughs) Everything's on there. Yes, it has it has it has the date. It'll have the dates and the times of um, the prayer Bible studies. It'll have my story. It'll have links on there to Bible studies to. you know, interviews that I've done to me being guest on other um, ministries. It also have a blog. I do a blog weekly, so that's a weekly encouragement for you. They're all archived. You can go back. You can review those. If you have prayer requests you can or suggestions or whatever, you can submit those. Those are confidential. It has a, a, a place on there for that, and it has my story and how my scars originated and I'm sure you'll you'll be blessed. And um, if you're not on social media like you're not, um, please, you know, interact with me on the website. You know, submit the form, and then, I, you know, I can reply back to you. So please do that. Um, the group. I'm, is the group on the Meetup app? Because I'm trying to look for it, and I What can't. is Meetup? I don't it's even know what that is. It's actually that's an app. How, that's, how I found, that's how I found you too, my lady Monica. You found uh, me like that too. Yeah, um, sis, yeah. sis, meetup huh? is Kim. Kim Tolliver has a meetup group, and she'll she will um she added people. That's how they found out about it. Oh, because I'm like, Kim what Tolliver. is meetup? <laughs> no, I mean it's it's a it's a social network group that has people all over all over the world. The same as the same as on my scars. Meetup is um a place where. People would go for social networking, like the young lady said, like for her daughter and, and kids to interact and parents to interact with each other. And oh, um, wow. Kim, Tolliver, Kim Tolliver has that, and she oh, she posts that on um, the, the Bible study always and meet up. Oh, okay, because I'm like, I don't even know what this is, but to God be the glory. <laughs> no, she had to hang up because her baby has a fever. Okay, oh, all right. Yeah. Okay, so um, that's, Dita- that's- I'm not personally on Meetup. Are you on Facebook? Yeah, I'm on Facebook. Okay, that's where I am. That's where my groups are, Facebook. So that's where you'll find my scars and my scars ministry. Okay, so I'm just going to do a search then. Okay. And then I'll, I'll add you as a friend. Um, 
but I am I am actually a part of a church. It actually was the first church that I've ever become a member of. Uh-huh. Um, I actually became a member like a year ago. No, um, almost two years ago because I became a member when I was pregnant with my daughter. Okay. And for a while, I was actually looking, I guess it was like my soul was looking for a place where I was connected spiritually because, you know, you would go to a church but and you would feel the word at the time, but it wasn't that connection in a sense. Like, so I would leave or something. Like, I guess I wanted a spiritual home, mm-hmm. if, I understand. if that makes sense. So a friend of mine, who is now also my daughter's godfather, invited me to his church. You know, sometimes people, they always invite you to churches or whatever, and you just say, okay, I'll come, okay, I'll come. And then finally I just went. And when I went, it was just like I felt it inside. And I immediately connected with the first lady of the church, and she is actually who I speak to sometimes, like, um, but I have a thing, and this is kind of my personality, that sometimes I don't like talking to people because I feel like I'm burdening them, so I don't always um, talk to her or reach out to her when I probably should, and she's never given me the impression that I shouldn't or haven't been receptive or anything like that, like, if I were ever to hit her up or call her or, you know, inquire about something, so long as she can, she will, and that's the type of person that she is, but it's just me, but I was just asking because I I know that, I know within myself that I have to do better, mm-hmm. but me knowing that I have to do better, I also want to incorporate this into my daughter's life because... I grew up my I grew up with my grandmother. My grandmother always instilled God into me. I remember her having like these little um books and she used to read we used to read them every night for as far back as I could remember, which is about five years old. She will always read them to me. Mhm. And up until she got sick when I was about twelve years old that's kind of when the disconnect a little bit happened because she got sick and then I became her primary care person to take care of. She still would send me off to church and I would still go, but I didn't really have an understanding of where to start, what I was supposed to continue to do in a sense. So kind of ever since then, like, you know, I'm still learning, and but I want to make sure that while I'm still learning, I could teach my daughter at the same time. So I just wanted, like, suggestions on what to do. Like, I do pray with her. I, she can't say it back to me verbatim, but I kind of sing the Lord's Prayer to her every night. Mm-hmm. So, you know, at least for her ABC, she'll know the prayers <laughs> when she's able to speak it back to me. So I just wanted, you know, just suggestions to add in to what I'm doing Mm-hmm. I was, um, you know, much like you, raised by my grandmother, and I remember vividly those little, they're books, like you said, they're the Bible st- story books, and, and mm-hmm. they were hardback books, 
And actually, they still they still um, have those. Like when you go to a doctor's office or something like that, you'll see those Bible stories. And they were so intriguing because they were like in cartoon characters. And so you could really relate. So if you could, you know, get her things like that. And as she grows, 18 months, she's still she's still young, you know. Mm-hmm. But as she grows, you continue to get her those Bible story books. You get her coloring books with biblical characters and stories in it. You um, you you let her watch cartoons that are um, biblical in nature. There are if you if you don't get them on TV, you know you can you can get DVDs or even probably from the library or whatever. Just I've downloaded like a bunch of. Um, there's a um, I have a, a Bible on my phone, um, mm-hmm. but they also created a Bible for kids. So I downloaded the Bible for her, and it has like a bunch of games on it, and um, the Bible itself, like it'll read it out, and it have like pictures and things. So. I make sure that I at least use it with her every day. So, you know, she may not understand the words, but at least it'll start becoming familiar so that she could do it on her own. And I have the Bible under her pillow. And sometimes they always say kids know, kids know things. Mm -hmm. She'll take it out and she'll just flip through the pages. (laughs) And at first, you know, I would take it from her because I didn't want her to rip it. Mm-hmm. But then one day I just watched her. And she just took it, opened it, and just flipped through the pages and then put it down. Like she mm-hmm. was getting it and just flipped through the pages some more. And I was just like, you know what, I'll just leave her alone. You know, because they just say, they say kids know. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, maybe I'm doing something right. I started on the right <laughs> way, but I just... I don't know. And you are, and at the age she is, you know, 18 months, she's almost two. They're like a sponge. They soak up everything. Uh, My grandson, he's two, and he can pick up my iPhone. He knows how to scroll through the pictures. He knows how to, you know, maneuver the little, so it goes up and over. And so they know more than we think they know. And and so at this age is a a good age for you to start to incorporate all those things into her life and, and She's retaining that information, believe it or not, she is. And you're going to be amazed when she can talk what she's going to tell you. <laughs> okay. Thank you. I'm you're actually welcome. trying to find you on Facebook now, though. I did like the page, but I was trying to find you per se. So I could... Lady, Lady Monica K, K-A-Y-E. K A Y E. Mhm. Lady Monica is one. It's one word. There's no hyphen, so just type in Lady Monica and then space and then K A Y E. Okay, I found you. You found me. Mhm. Okay. I wasn't gonna hang up until you found me because I don't want to lose you. <laughs> no, I got it. Okay, so um, have added the friends. So I just put follow. So I okay. Don't I'm gonna send you a message actually. Okay. Okay, and then, um, you know, I'll get you um, the information that so you'll have all that and so we can keep in contact as well. Okay. So I've gone well over. Normally my Bible study is only an hour, and tonight it's been two hours, but to God be the glory, it's it's been awesome. I, I pray that 
each and every one of you on the line has been blessed by the message. I know I was blessed in giving it. It's a blessing to myself because, again, I tell everyone when when I teach these Bible Bible studies or these messages, they're not just for me, I mean for you, but they're for me as well because I learn from them and through them. You know, and I've, I've, I've been there. I've been broken. I've been through the brokenness. And so um, before we hang up tonight, we always end in prayer, of course, but before we end in the, um, hang up tonight, I'm going to give you the playback number so you can call back if you missed part of this Bible study and listen to it. And um, the playback, the callback number is always the same. The access code is always the same. The only thing that changes is the recording number, and that recording number is always the date of the Bible study. So the telephone number for playback is 832-551-5150. Wait, 832-551-5150. Okay. The access number is 228878-POUND. Mm-hmm. And the recording number is 021914-POUND. And after we hang up, um, you know, I, I know it's going to be late tonight. If you want to, you know, go in tomorrow or later on tonight or whenever, give me about 15 minutes, and then you can go back and you can listen to the the recording. Um, again, you can listen to it up to 30 days. And if you ever miss a Bible study, you can always remember that the recording number is the date of the Bible study, which is every Wednesday um, at 9 o'clock. So um, some of the Wednesdays I've missed this month because we had inclement weather here in Georgia and there were power outages and different things. So I missed a lot this past Wednesday. Had a Bible study the week before that and missed the week before that because of the other snowstorm. But other than that, there are... Um, we get a bunch of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but other than that, there are every Wednesday, and until something changes, this will be the format. And so I, I appreciate all of my new callers that I had tonight. God bless you. It's been a pleasure speaking with each of you and, um, you know, praying with you and, and encouraging you. You've blessed my heart. You really have. You, you've blessed my heart about, you know, your baby and wanting to teach her at such an early age. Sister Lisa, you blessed me with your story because I can relate because I feel you. I've been there, done that, but I know that God has something for you. My other sister, I forgot your first name, but I know that if you seek God and you listen to him and you obey, the husband that he has for you is going to come across your path. Um, again, with your situation that you're in now, you have to seek God. You have to listen. You have to pray. We have to fast. You know, we have to be diligent about this thing because, again, there are many, many, many counterfeits and false prophets out there. And they, Mm -hmm. they come to get us, and they hit us where it hurts us most. And so we have to be ready and we have to be vigilant. And so with that being said, um, Sister Tawana, I'm going to ask you to please pray us out tonight if you're still online. I'm still here. 
That's heavy. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Father, we thank you for allowing us to be fed this awesome word on this evening. Father, I pray for every sister, every brother, everyone that's going to call in and listen to this awesome teaching for tonight. Father, bless all those who are broken, who are lost, who are misunderstood, who are trying to find their way. And, Father, all they need to do is call on Jesus' name and open up their hearts unto you as well. Father, we thank you for placing such an awesome word to the women of God to deliver it to us. Father, we pray that we pray her strength, whatever her needs are. You know it more than we do, and we ask that you continue to cover her, continue to bless her, continue to cover her and her family and anything, things that she did not ask for. Father, we ask that you, you give it to her and you would keep her with the keep her, keep her in your bosom. Father, we pray for Sister Lisa, for her growth, for Sister Stephanie, for her discernment to understand who her true husband is, and for Sister Deidre to trust in her faith in you. And all these things we ask. And no other name but Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So God bless you all. I pray that you have a peaceful evening. I pray that God's protection surround each and every one of you and your families. I look forward to having you online next Wednesday. And God bless you all. Have a good night. God bless you. I love you all. Love you too. Good night, lady. Good night. Good night. Thank you for tuning in to My Scars Bible Study with Pastor Monica K. Harris. Bible studies are held bi-weekly and we look forward to each and every moment we get to spend with you and share the good news. If you need to reach out to me, you can reach me on www.myscarsministry.com. You can listen to the archived Bible studies there. And also, don't forget to tune in and listen to and subscribe to the podcast, My Scars Ministry Bible Studies with Pastor Monica. God bless you all.